Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good Sunday morning, everybody, and welcome on in. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. As over the next hour, we'll dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. And listen, last night belonged to Bellator. It was uh, a fight a fight night that uh, UFC had a pretty, uh, pretty pedestrian card. I wasn't too much into it. Um, and you know, the whole night was really centered around Patricio Pitbull and AJ McKee. I mean, they, uh, they have normally been a Friday night promotion. They centered this one. They put it on, you know, Scott Coker, when he feels like he's got a big one, we'll put his fights on a Saturday night. And that was the case for this one. And, um, I always say, man, my favorite thing in mixed martial arts and fight, you know, fighting in general, but my favorite thing is is seeing a young champion be crowned after a hell of a journey. It's my favorite thing. It's 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 just it's always the best part of it. Um, it feels like the happiest they ever are is winning that first title. Um, there's not so many questions about ah, you know, do it against this guy, do it against this guy. How impressive a champion are they? They're just that unbridled joy of winning that first belt when a guy gets it done is. Uh, is really really unbelievable and 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 honestly uh tonight couldn't have gone better for Bellator tonight hadn't couldn't have gone better for AJ McKee um that promotion feels like they have a legitimate superstar in the making in their prime in their sport and you know we had Scott Coker on this week had a chance to speak with him and his uh reign over Bellator I would say has been um, very interesting. You know, it talks a little bit about just the idea that they had to go and spend on free agents just to kind of get people peeking into the curtain and see what was going on with Bellator and their uh and their style. But the interesting thing was, you know, his uh first tenure, a lot of it was these big circusy fights, Chael Sonnen, Fedor, all these guys that they were bringing in to kind of uh you know, bring in, uh Shamrock back. Um, Kimbo versus Dada, all those, all these big time, um, spectacles to give, you know, people a little bit of a peek into what their young talent is. And they've been doing a really fascinating thing with having all of these young fighters, um, basically get their entire career to unfold right before you. So for example, in the UFC, a lot of these guys, you see like Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, a lot of people go to that 
and they go and fight with seven fights under the belt, five fights under the belt, maybe even more. And then they do all that with the hopes of getting to the UFC. And in the UFC, it's usually sink or swim. I think of a guy like Chase Hooper, who was like in Titan FC at 18 years old, gets the opportunity to go to the UFC, and he's like taking on Alex Caceres in his second fight. It's tough. Um, but Bellator has been doing this thing with a lot of their young fighters and it hasn't gone perfect for all of them. For sure. You look at a guy like Aaron Pico, who we've spoken to pretty recently where he had some big, I mean, lost his first pro fight, um, had some big stumbles, big knockout losses. And everybody thought that that the guy was going to be the truth. And maybe he still will be, he's still super young. Um, but AJ McKee is the guy who Bellator had taken from the start. He has gone undefeated this entire run, longest Bellator win streak. And now, after last night, he is 18 and 0, the featherweight champion, the featherweight Grand Prix champion. Bellator, in a weird way, went back to its roots with the uh, with, and 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 Scott with Strike Force as well, but went back to the tournament style and. He comes out on top, and just everything about it was just such a perfect night. You think about the hometown entrance for AJ McKee; it was he, he felt like a star walking in. He felt like a bigger star walking out, um, and he takes out a guy in Patricio Pitbull who, uh, you know, had so much credibility to him, and and it's been really a long time coming. I mean, this is a guy who was a dual weight champion, has been champion in featherweight forever has a win over Michael Chandler, who was the ultimate, you know, fate. I would say Michael Chandler probably is the face of Bellator up until tonight, where maybe you could say Patricio Pitbull was the face of Bellator, but I would say it's probably more Michael Chandler, even if Patricio's got the better resume. And now it feels like tonight that the, the, the face, Patricio's face of Bellator is pretty short-lived because now it feels like AJ McKee is for sure the face of Bellator. And, I mean, just about as perfect a finish as you can get. He hits him with a head kick, drops him, uh, really wobbles him, hits him with uh, a combination, puts him down, steps back and celebrates because he's about to walk off. Ref Belt Mike Breltran doesn't stop it, so he goes for a guillotine choke. And there was some controversy with this with the stoppage in that some people thought that AJ McKee basically stopped the fight himself. Like, he... He had uh he had Pipple linked up and then uh you could see Pipple's arm drop like that so and as soon as it did he goes he's out he's out and Mike Baltrans jumps in and stops the fight. Now, he wasn't asleep but it did look like, you know, Pipple was pretty rubbery. Like it looked like if he didn't let it go and he wasn't out out, he was going to be out out. And I didn't think like he was in any fighting shape once uh once he was let go, it's not like there was this grand protest from him. He was pretty beat up. I mean, he had basically taken a head kick that basically would have knocked most people out, took a combination that looked like it knocked him out, and then was choked to the point of basically going unconscious. It was uh, it, it was the triple crown for AJ McKee. I mean, it's 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 legendary stuff with what he put forth there. Um, you know, some on social media comparing it to like Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo. I don't think it's quite that. I don't know if we could, you know, quite put it on that level because of, um, you know, just the 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 star power of the UFC. But and and also just Conor's star power 
was already pretty high when he knocked out Joe Zalda the way he did. But as far as championship performances, um, it's uh, it, it is as good as it gets. And I gotta tell you, I loved you know Bellator. I loved the I, I loved how it was celebrated in that it was like confetti. It did like you know Agent McKee said there in his hometown. He's saying that like you know LA. This is what we do. We win championships. It felt like a team winning a championship. You know, like I always say that like you know the Cleveland Cavaliers get the credit for breaking the Cleveland curse, even though Stipe was the guy to do it first. And uh, you know, it, 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 imagine if it, it kind of had that feel of like confetti raining down, all that type of stuff. So AJ McKee was just. Uh, tremendous tremendous tonight and the interesting thing is going to be you know like he said an interesting thing in the uh in the euphoria of all that where he says i'm never going to let this belt go no mention you know and i don't expect him to mention the ufc or any of those goals or anything it's a bellator broadcast but it is going to be interesting to see like they put all this investment into him he has been with them now for almost 20 pro fights is there ever going to be that itch to go? Is he or is he? And I'm not suggesting. I already want to talk about AJ McKee jumping ship because you know people are talking about they want matchups against Volkanovski and Holloway and Ortega, and it's only natural because that's been you know UFC's just been the most famous promotion for a while. But the interesting thing is going to be look at Bellator does have this light heavyweight division that's you know definitely on par with what the UFC has to offer. And then you have this featherweight champion who may go up to lightweight. Uh, lightweight's in a bit of a weird spot right now in the UFC. Could this be a guy who is enough of a face for Bellator MMA that you know people will start you know going and say, "Oh, AJ McKee's fighting on tonight. I'm definitely got to watch it, no matter who he's fighting." Um. Think you have a performance like this? That's definitely going to be the case the next time that he goes out there. It's a guy who's had a lot of confidence about himself for a long time. He said he wanted to be the Floyd Mayweather of mixed martial arts. Um, tonight was uh, w- was a, a christening like performance that was worthy of that type of hype, that type of confidence, um, and all the praise in the world. That's what he deserves. And so it's going to be interesting if this guy does carry that, and and if Scott Coker, who is a master of developing talent, and he is a master of Bringing in uh, those kind of stars of tomorrow, seeing those guys before anybody else does, he looks like he's created another one. Uh, and 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 you know a lot of that credit also a lot of that credit goes to AJ and his father and all that type of stuff and all the hard work that they put in. But it, it, it's still a, a true testament to him because look, I've definitely been critical of, of Bellator at times since this run. I'm just like, what, what is the whole point of this? What are they doing? And and tonight felt like a night where you think of you think back to like the Madison Square Garden card where they were you know going for big pay per views and all this type of stuff. But tonight just felt monstrous on premium cable, all that type of stuff. Um, and AJ just going out there and having the performance that he did, really unleashing all of his tools, getting it done in the first round, um, doing it against a guy who, again, just has a lot of credibility. Like, didn't just do it and did it against somebody nobody knows. He did it against uh, a bearer of the torch of the previous era of Bellator, and it felt like there was definitely a passing of the torch, a real taking of the torch from AJ McKee, and um and and it felt like one of those performances where you're just like I'm always gonna remember this with that guy's career the night that he knocked out 
Patricio Pitbull. So a big, big shout out to uh, to AJ Mickey for that performance last night. I think a lot of people were electrified by it. He uh, he really, really, really put on a hell of a show, and uh, I think that fans are going to be uh, excited about watching him for a long time. I mean, you're talking what 26 years old. That's nothing in mixed martial arts as far as age is concerned. And you know, now it's going to feel like the next time he fights is an event. And if he continues to put forth performances like this, every time could feel that way. And uh, it could, I, I think it's, it's really tonight felt like one of the more significant nights in Bellator history for sure. Um, just a, just a real win for them and a real win for AJ McKee all around. And uh, it'd be interesting to see what they do next. It'll be with, uh, with him. Where does he go? Because it feels like uh, anything in any direction that they go and can really, really turn to gold. We'll take a quick break here on the show. Be back with more. Get into a little bit of boxing as uh, some news about Canelo Alvarez this week. And uh, where he lies, where he goes, we don't know now, as his, uh, his planned fight is now dead in the water. So we'll get into a little bit of that. Tobin's Fight Show rolls on right after this. Welcome back, everybody. It's Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Let's get into a little bit of boxing. Big news this week, Canelo Alvarez, his fight with Caleb Plant fell through. Huge bummer. Uh, hoping that we were going to be able to see the uh, undisputed championship on the line between these guys. And... Um, Fun style, Caleb Plant. I, I think it, it would have been interesting to see if he would have had uh, the 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 skill set to go at Canelo Alvarez. I think he was probably biting off a little bit more than he can chew. Um, you know, not as a, an elusive as a fighter as Billy Joe Saunders. You know, has those quick hands. Uh, is, is definitely more of an offensive uh, guy, I would say. But uh, I don't know if he has the power to have Canelo really respect him and, and, and keep him off him, but it's still a matchup I want to see nonetheless. I mean, he's still a talented, undefeated champion and uh, is, is, is just a super credible opponent. So I was definitely into watching this one. And then all of a sudden, you know, after looking like we were going to get it, it just kind of fell through. Um, it's a very weird thing. I mean, we don't really have a, uh, a great answer, uh, at least – known answer from Canelo's side about why the fight and it does seem like it's a Canelo side thing that they're not happy with everything because um you know at least according to Caleb Plant's side it felt like they agreed to every demand every I every T that was there he told ESPN's Mike Commager that Canelo was offered the highest guarantee of his career he was going to make something like 40 million plus um they want to upset a gate and pay-per-view revenue. I mean, understandable. That's probably what they're going to get. Uh, rematch clause, they gave it. So he goes, I question whether legacy or money is their real motive. We've been waiting to see. Uh, we've been waiting for him to get done with his wedding, shooting a TV show, golf tournament. And now we tried to give him everything he wants to make this fight. That was him uh, to ESPN. Um, it's an interesting one. I don't know. I Because I, I don't... Uh, it felt like that was definitely the place that he wanted to go. There's some rumors now about Dimitri Bevel being the uh, the other guy that they could go to uh, and maybe uh, sticking with DeZone. That was uh, the word from Eddie Hearn. Not as into it. Uh, it and, and Dimitri Bevel's a good fighter, but I just kind of want to see Canelo finish the race. This has been such a goal, the thing that he set in his mind going into this year. Um, maybe he's not as hard up for that September 18th date and, and we could still get something to happen there and make this happen. I will say this. Look, I, I, I was, uh, I joked about this on Twitter, but if they're not going to go with the Caleb plant thing, if it's not going to happen, 
and he's still a free agent. He doesn't really have a promotional tie anymore. He's done with the zone. He's a f- do whatever he wants. I really don't see why this isn't the good time to do him versus Oscar De La Hoya. I mean, other than the fact that he's going to smoke Oscar De La Hoya. But, I mean, look, Oscar is training for this fight with Vitor Belfort. If you're Triller, and we've been talking about them a lot as far as, like, what they got going on, and, you know, they got their series starting up this week and all that. But if you're Triller and you're looking for, like, the real splash of splashes, now, I don't know if they got this kind of dough. You know, there's been there's been a lot of things about, you know, people rumbling about fighters getting paid and uh, how much damage they took from the Tiafima Lopez, George Cambosa's fight not happening. So I don't know if they got the kind of cash to make this this happen. But if if you're gonna make a splash, you should go all the way into the into the frog pond because I think what they should just do is scrap the Oscar de la Hoya Vitor Belfort thing. And just offer Canelo a whole lot of cash. You know, don't give some money to Megan Thee Stallion or, or somebody, you know, all these gazillion huge stars that you bring in there. Maybe, you know, instead of having Snoop on the broadcast, you can save some bucks there. It, honestly, I think Triller should go in there and do whatever they can to make Oscar versus Canelo happen as soon as possible. Just forget about the whole thing. There's a couple reasons for it. One, Oscar's already training, Okay. Two, um, it's a rivalry. It's got a story to it. it it's got a little bit of freak show, which is kind of their alley. Um, you know, and, and it's continued to be that really until they go into any kind of legitimate match, which they don't have yet. Um, and who knows what's going to happen with the Tiafima Lopez and George Cambosis thing. It's Close enough to Oscar De La Hoya's date that I wouldn't imagine it being that big of a struggle for him to kick it down the road a week. I mean, how much step-aside money do you have to give to Vitor Belfort? Sorry, Vitor, we're not going to do the fight. And um, I just think they should do it. I think I think, I think think that if you're going to do it, one, I don't think it's good for Oscar De La Hoya to get any older. Two, at least he's already in a training camp right now. Um it doesn't, you know, people will say, well, you know, come on, bro. It's Oscar De La Hoya versus Canelo. What are we doing here? And I don't have a great response to that. However, I will say, I did just see Canelo Alvarez uh, fight something called the Turkish Wolf, Avni Yildirim, with a week's training off of uh, COVID-19, smashed him in a couple rounds. Guy had no business being in the ring with him. That's an alleged pro in his prime, you know? Or pass a little past his prime. Yeah, Oscar De La Hoya, he's super past his prime. And the only thing that he's been winning rounds with is partying, I, I guess. But for me, if they're ever going to do this, and he's talking about it, listen, Oscar wants to do it. He says that the fights that he wants, he hopes that this leads to is Floyd Mayweather Jr. and Canelo Alvarez. I don't really have any interest in seeing him fight Floyd Mayweather Jr. I just saw Floyd Mayweather Jr., not be able to uh, really inflict a lot of pain onto Logan Paul. I don't really have any interest in him fighting Oscar De La Hoya. But Oscar De La Hoya versus Canelo, I'm into. Um, I, I think it's an interesting one. I, I do. I'm intrigued by it. Like If he's if Oscar's going to come back, he should come all the way back. Um, and that's what he said he's been wanting to do the whole time. And I'm just looking at the other options for Canelo right now, and I'm like, all right, if it's not going to be for the Undisputed Championship, fine. You could go Dimitri Bevel. Okay. I mean, I don't know... 
what that really does for um, mainstream appeal. But, you know, he's a dangerous fighter. He's a champion. He's in another weight class. He's a little, you're going to another weight class. That's a little bit more of a danger than maybe Sergey Kovalev was when he took him on. So, okay. It's, it's you know, it's got something to it. But I just think if you're Canelo Alvarez and you're seeing all these wacky super fights go down and Manny Pacquiao is fighting Errol Spence and, you know, Floyd Mayweather's fighting reality shows, you're the biggest thing in the sport. Why not you get a little bit of spice to it, you know? You're going to, you're going to, you know, listen, it doesn't mean you can't go fight for the Undisputed Championship at some other point. doesn't mean that has to be off the table. But if it's not on the table right now and you just want to make a whole heap of money and beat up a guy who you find annoying uh, and you have a personal vendetta and beef with, um, why not make this one happen? I think it's I think it's a uh, an entertaining spot. I think Triller is a is a is a great dance partner for it. The timing seems to match up wise. The only thing that really seems to be a big snafu is the vast gap in talent and age. And honestly, is that really something that should stop the fun? Is it? I ask you. Sure, Oscar De La Hoya is not going to win uh, any rounds against Canelo. I think he said something this week. Oh, well, all he has is power. Well, first of all, I don't think that's true. I mean, maybe Oscar De La Hoya thinks that he's a better boxer than Canelo Alvarez, and maybe in his prime he was. I mean, you know, if you want to, if you want to talk about rivalries and legacy, you could. Definitely say that Oscar De La Hoya has the more beloved uh, resume than Canelo Alvarez. Canelo Alvarez has obviously turned into a big blockbuster star in his own right. Um, And yeah, Oscar had a rough ending to his career with some of the losses that he took. But maybe Canelo will too. We don't know. We don't know how this is going to end for Canelo Alvarez when his career is on that part of the side. But for him to say, ah, he's only power, I don't agree with that. I think Canelo's turned himself into a pretty savvy boxer, especially... Um, he's very slick for the weight classes that he's been fighting in. And I don't know how much polish Oscar's going to have on those skills when he comes back. Maybe he'll look great. I don't know. Um, but I don't even know what a fight against Vitor Belfort is even going to tell us about Oscar coming back. Other than look, now it's a, a real fight. It's a, it's not an exhibition. They're actually going about it. That's the way it's supposed to go. But I just say scrap it, man. Get put Vitor back in there with the with the real Tarzan or whatever the hell they were gonna do with that. I don't really see the uh, the purpose in doing that fight, other than hey, he's making his comeback. This is what we got for you, Oscar. You're gonna get a little sweat in uh, against a, a former MMA champion. Look, Vitor's a scary guy. I guess I can't rule it out that maybe he lands uh, something. Big on Oscar. Oscar has been out of the out of commission for a long, long time, but it just doesn't really do a whole lot for me. The fight it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't get my jellies going. Canelo Alvarez versus Oscar De La Hoya does, and I don't think I would believe because normally I'd want to say, "Hey, the prime guy fight in his prime, fight other prime guys." For whatever reason, this fight with Caleb Plant's not happening, um, and I don't necessarily see uh, if it's not going to happen with him. I have a hard time imagining that it's going to bridge to take on Jamal Charlo. I have a hard time believing that it's going to, you know, end up in him back in his own taking on Demetrius Andrade. Although that would be a fun one because him and Andrade had a nice back and forth the last time. So 
I think rightly promoted between that because of the viral. Get the f out of here. Get the f out of here. That was really great, and I really think if there's a time uh, that they could go in that direction of fighting on Demetrius Andrade, this would be the time. But I do think that Demetrius Andrade is such a good boxer, skill set wise, that uh, there's a little bit of worry probably from Canelo's side. Ah, should I take on Demetrius Andrade, or is that a little bit dangerous? Is that is that is that too much of playing with fire? I don't know. You can answer that for yourself. I don't even know where Andre goes from here to get an opponent that, you know, will get him the credibility. It's tough for him right now because nobody wants to fight him. They put everything under the sun to say, hey, we're not going to fight Demetrius. But also, you know, I don't know what the win is that Demetrius can put on his resume that will make them want to fight him. I don't know where, where that answer lies. I do know that if we're going to do something in the interim and he's already done one wacky fight this year, you know, he's fought Callum Smith, fought the Turkish wolf, fought Billy Joe Saunders. Okay. We can get a little weird here. It's not like we can say he hasn't done anything. You know, Billy Joe Saunders, he's got, he had a piece of the crown. Let him fight. Let him, let him get in there with that, with Oscar. I mean, why not? We're doing such crazier things in this fight. You know, this week I saw a story of Riddick Bowe versus Lamar Odom. All sanctity in the sport has has just gone out the window. You know, Jake Paul is fighting Tyron Woodley. There are no rules anymore. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing that that will... After we saw the success of Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. And people saw how much thirst there was for nostalgia... And freak fights. I just feel like in boxing, everything kind of went out the window as far as what the possibilities are, um, what kind of what kind of uh, out of the box thinking you need to have to make these types of events happen. And you know, say the same thing about Logan versus Floyd. And I think in some ways you can say it about uh, Manny versus Errol. I think that you know, there's not a lot of conventional thinking going on right now and I think in some ways that's good and I think for a guy like Canelo who's even at his fairly young age has done a whole hell of a lot let's get a little bit let's get a little bit weird let's get a little bit weird and do him versus Oscar and you know Oscar talks all this game let's just see let's see if he says yes and if you're Triller you know, you want like uh, if you you're you're talking about. I don't again. I don't know if they got the dough to do this. They just seem like the appropriate company to do this. Um, and if they did, you do this, and you have all that lead up, and then you have Tiafimo Lopez and George Campos at every possible press conference on the way in and say, "Hey, this is when this fight is happening," and now we have some kind of, kind of a lead up to them and their real venture into boxing outside of this, uh, you know, um, showcase thing that they're doing at, at MSG. I don't know. I saw it this week and I was like, ah, huge bummer. We're not getting Canelo versus Kayla Plant. And I saw the Oscar De La Hoya press conference this week with Vitor Belfort. And I'm just like, why are we doing Oscar De La Hoya versus Vitor Belfort? It seems strange to me. Why not just, why don't we just jump in, you know, full two, two feet right into the pool Canelo versus Oscar De La Hoya. Let's get wacky with it. Back after this. Welcome back, everybody. Towin's Fight Show here with Jan, 790 The Ticket. 
Uh, getting a little bit of UFC 265. That is coming up next week. We have ourselves a pay-per-view as Derek Lewis is fighting Cyril Gain for the interim heavyweight championship of the world. Why? I don't know. I can't answer it. I don't understand why uh, we're doing this. I don't understand why we don't have the actual heavyweight champion defending his belt. I'm curious to see what the tenor is this week for this fight because it is essentially an interim title that is being put on the line because the champion wants more money or the champion isn't happy with the promotion. It's not an injury. Francis isn't hurt. There's not he's not recovering from anything. He just won the belt. Um, so what are we doing here? I don't I, I I'm I'm curious to see what the whole point of it is. And there's been a lot of theories like people have said, uh, you know, Derek it's in Derek Lewis's hometown, it's in Houston. And don't get me wrong, this isn't an indictment on Derek or even Cyril Gain. It's not. I, I love Derek Lewis. He's one of my favorite heavyweights. He's awesome. He knocks people out. Um, he is uh, hilarious. So I wanted Derek Lewis to fight for the championship. I wanted him to fight against Francis Ngannou, even especially because of how their first fight was. Their first fight, we were so geeked up for it, and it was a garbage fight. It was terrible. It was one of the worst fights you'll ever see. But some weird factors in that, you know, Francis coming off the loss to Stipe. You know, both of them being such huge knockout artists. There seemed to be some jitters, some, some weird energy in that fight. Would it be different this time around? I think because of all the criticism they took that time around, yes, definitely, there probably would be. Um, but you have a guy like Derek who definitely is deserving of a championship shot. Don't get me wrong. You know, you go and you go on the win streak that he's got on and he's beaten the types of guys that he has in the way that he has. He's certainly deserving of a championship. Um, but I don't. I don't understand the reason for doing it like this. And I'm curious to see how, how does the the broadcast handle this? How does uh, I think, you know, Derek's a good guy to have this week in that, you know, he is he's so funny. He's so personable. Doesn't matter for him. I think it's going to be water off a duck's back. And I think Cyril's just so new to everything. And he has the the teammate tie to Francis um, that. I don't think that those guys are going to be affected by the criticism. I don't think it's going to overwhelm them into how they perform or anything like that. Um, but I also am going to be curious to see how it garners interest in things. I, I genuinely think, you know, we were talking earlier in the show about AJ, right? And UFC right now, as far as like the star power is concerned, is lacking but there are there are definitely there, there can be there's a little bit of a buzz lack right now it just this has been a you know a summer that you know we didn't get Francis Ngannou we didn't we still don't know when John Jones is coming back um you know there's been some fights that have been uh scrapped for Rona purposes and things like that but um mostly you have Francis, who I genuinely think is the best thing the UFC has at a star that's outside of the realm of Conor McGregor right now. I think Kamaro's starting to get some of that respect, so you know we'll see what it's going to be like when he fights Colby again coming up in November. 
Uh, that was announced this week that uh, Colby Covington versus Kamar Usman is going to be uh, going to be back as a a championship fight, and that is going to be at UFC. Let me get the number for you, ass, so we can uh, all count down to it at the right time. Um, Colby Covington, Kamara Usman, their rematch is going to be in November, UFC 268, which is also going to have Michael Chandler and Justin Gage. I mean, that's a hell of a fight. Uh, 266 is going to be a hell of a card, so they got that going on. This one is just in a weird, just a weird spot, man. Um, and unfortunately, you know what also didn't help this week for UFC 265? We, uh, we got the news this week that uh, Amanda Nunes, she is out. She got COVID-19, so we wish the GOAT a speedy recovery. And, and hope that uh, all is well with Amanda and that she can come back soon and that she can uh, be healthy and, and be able to take on Juliana Pena. Because I was actually looking forward to that fight. I, I really was. I thought that Amanda was going to win, but I, I, I do think that if anybody was going to do some convincing this week and talk up a fight, um, I think Juliana, Juliana was going to be the one to do it. And it's still a fine card. It's still got some good matches on it. Jose Aldo versus Pedro Munoz. Kiesa Vicente Luque is a fun fight. Song Yadon Casey Kenny is a good fight. Um, so I'm not I'm not dogging the card. I, I think it's an okay card. It's just it's not a, it, it doesn't it doesn't reek of hey this this deserves seventy dollars. You know what I mean? So for me, I, I just think that uh, yeah, if you're a fan and this is going to be one of those you know one of those months where you you skip it on the ESPN Plus. I don't blame you. Um, I think that the UFC has been coming pretty strong with their pay-per-views lately, but this one is just it's just weird, and it feels like it's happening for all the wrong reasons. You know, Francis not being active in the championship picture for no good reason is just so strange, man. Because you knew John, like, look, the John Jones thing, all right, I hear you out there. Um it's a little bit like it's a little bit with with John Jones holding out for for that big time payday for heavyweight. With the UFC, in some ways, I could get the UFC being annoyed with with John Jones. You know, they've they've been through a lot of crap with John Jones and all that. With Francis, they haven't, and uh, I just think that he has the potential to be as close to what you had with Connor as anybody. I think that he has the look of a, the scariest man on the planet. He has the aura of the baddest man on the planet. Um, maybe from their standpoint, they want to see it a little bit more. You know, they want to see what he's like against everybody, not just, you know, one flash in the pan. But it's just just so odd. And it's odd that this has happened now with uh, with a couple of heavyweights. This has happened because, look, if Derek Lewis were to become uh, – <laughs> If Derek Lewis were to become interim champion, and then you know, I don't know. Let's just say France never comes. Derek Lewis will be the most, probably the most personable heavyweight in a long time because you've had, I guess DC has. DC was a was a was a really personable champion. Uh, so I'll scrap that take. But you know, the, with Francis and Stipe, like they're not the most targeted dudes in the world. But Francis, I think, is a lot more charismatic than Stipe is. But they had issues with Stipe, too. You know, Stipe, there was always like, you know, he'd be holding out for a long time. And, then, you know, would there be reasons? And all of a sudden, he'd be a little disgruntled against the UFC. And then all of a sudden, we'd see him back again. Um, and now it feels like we're kind of doing this again with Francis. I don't know, man. It's just, uh, it's a bit of a bummer. Now, as far as the matchup's concerned, Derek Lewis versus Cyril Gain, I mean, 
you know, this feels like two clashes of styles. I think that as far as Cyril's going to go, he's going to go try and take down Derek Lewis. He's going to try and frustrate him. We saw him do this to Jorginho Rosenstrike, and I think that Derek's way more well-rounded than Jorginho. Jorginho is probably like maybe where Derek was a couple of years ago. I think Derek has added some kicks to his arsenal. He looks in a little bit better shape. Um strong as you know strong as all hell so he's and he's a little bit bigger i believe than uh, than jarzinho is um if memory serves correct he's derek 63 263 and jarzinho is 62 so yeah derek's a little bit bigger might be a little bit harder to take down just a little bit more well-rounded than uh than Jarzinho Rosenstrike was but that was the the key to success for Cyril he's had that path he did it against Volkov too um you know he's knocked out Junior Dos Santos who definitely was on his last legs but look as a guy who's made a very very big impression very very early on in his career with Derek um you know he did just knock out Curtis Blades who I think a lot of people probably regard as one of the better wrestlers in the division and he's got absolute hammers. So while I think Cyril maybe he's got confidence in, uh, in, 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 his, uh, in his game and he's certainly well-rounded, um, you know, he, he can't match the experience to what Derek's been. I don't think Derek's going to be shook by the moment. He's already been there and, and fought for the championship or whatever version you want to call this. It still is for a belt. So, you know, he had that when he took on Daniel Cormier. Um, you know, he's been in there with uh in some crazy wars before i just don't think that that stage is going to get to him with Cyril. i don't know and it's going to be a very very pro Derek lewis crowd too i mean he's the hometown guy coming in there um so Cyril's going to have that stuff to deal with too i could see that shaking him a little bit and 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 it being um a little bit of a, a too much too soon it's a very fast track into the uh to getting the fight for an interim belts or any belt in 10 fights that's crazy it's a it, it's crazy crazy fast um, and I think we saw that with with uh, with Francis. You know, these guys being you know former teammates, I think we saw that it was uh, a very fast track for Francis, and that he had a little bit of those deer in headlights once uh, once he got to that championship, that first championship fight. So, you know, I, I just think that for me, I'm going to go with Derek Lewis to win the fight. This feels like it's all set up for him. I think that he's been rolling. I think that he's got the experience. I think the hometown edge is going to help him. Um, I see this in a spot where, you know, he's going to try and catch uh, catch Cyril with something bi- with uh, with something big early and finish this early. Um, but we've seen with Derek, you know, Derek's one of those rare guys. Like if you d- if if he doesn't get you early, he's not one of those guys where you necessarily get worn down and he still can't get you late. Like. You look at a lot of his knockouts, second round knockouts, second round knockout, his last two fights. We know about the infamous Volkov one where he won with 10 seconds left. He's gone the distance plenty of times like and, and won fights. So he's not a guy that necessarily just burns the gas tank and is, is, is not the same fighter. He's not that type of slugger, which is rare. You know, you think of a lot of these sluggers and you think, oh, they're only going to be good if they, uh, if, if they get you in the first round. And that's not the case with him. He's... Very, very talented and can maintain that for a long, long time. And I think he's going to be holding the belt. And I hope that uh, this leads to all the stuff with um, Francis being settled. And look, Derek Lewis 
winning an interim belt, that'll be really, really cool. It'll have a cool moment for sure. I just think that uh, it's happening for the wrong reasons, and it's unfortunate that's happening under these circumstances. But you know me. I'll still be tuning in tomorrow. Uh, I'll still be tuning in next week. We'll still be uh, geeked up for it in a, in a big, big way. And uh, we'll see what happens with it, man. I think that uh, I think that it's unfortunate we're not getting the goat. We don't get to see her. But, um, you know, Derek Lewis is a fan favorite. I think a lot of people will be feeling really good for him if he does have some kind of uh, belt wrapped around his waist come the end of next week. If Cyril does it, you know, if Cyril's the guy, then, uh, you know, you kind of have this uh, this two clash of the uh, clash of the Titans, the new blood just infusing and taking over the UFC heavyweight division. And again, that all, uh, it all stems from, look, whatever happens after this week, they got to get right with figuring out what's left with the heavyweight picture. Okay. Because we know that we have Francis on top. He's the dude. Okay. Steve Bay, not happy with his contract, not really being mentioned in the title picture. John Jones is just off sitting to the side, waiting to come to heavyweight but nobody knows when it's going to happen if it's going to happen dana white's just kind of dismissing it um one of these two guys next week is going to be the interim champion i imagine whoever loses maybe is going to fight stipe i i guess that's the way they would probably go and then john just continues to sit idly by and figure out whenever the hell he wants to go in but some stuff has to get cleaned up in heavyweight and they got to figure out some stuff um following next week's dominoes falling and you know i i don't think we're going to get a lot of answers next week from from dana because i think that he's going to do a lot of blasting of francis and ganu i think he's going to do that and i think that you're going to get the whole if you don't want to fight don't fight you're going to get a lot of that next week and um you know he'll just put his head down and motor on and i don't think that i don't think we're going to get any resolutions next week you know, does Francis even, does he show up to the fight? I don't, I mean, that maybe that'd be a little bit of drama. Who knows? But, um, I, I just, I just wish that he, I think I wish he was defending his belt. That's what I wish. That's our show for this week, everybody. If you missed any of it, you guys can go download the podcast on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. And you guys can get some clips. Got some great fight interviews coming this week for you on the YouTube page. So go look up Tobin show on YouTube. Please subscribe there, like, give comments, all that type of stuff. Uh, it helps grow the channel. It helps spread the word about the channel and uh, would appreciate that support there. Talk to you guys same time, same place next week. Everybody have a great week, everybody. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.